welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Debbin. I'm joined as I am every week by a man whose solution to everything is take it out and blow on it, Mr. Shane Reeves. <laughs> you know, you treat one microphone like a, like a 1985 um, Nintendo cartridge. cartridge. <laughs> And you, you get accused of that. But, yes, that is always my go-to move. <laughs> I'm sure your wife loves that. But we we have emergency news. We have a breaking news situation. I'm moving forward. Breaking news situation. I have a new morning cigar. Really? Is that what you're smoking tonight? Oh, no. No, this is a nighttime cigar I'll be oh, having okay. tonight. But, you know, the definition of a morning cigar. Mm-hmm. It's a cigar that if you smoke, and I don't smoke one every morning when it's cold. During the summer, I tend to. Yeah. But in the mornings when it's cold, I don't tend to. But if out of five days you've smoked this cigar, three of them, to me, that's a staple cigar. Absolutely. That's a stable. And for years, it's been the Undercrown Shade. Right. Has been my morning cigar. I don't like the shade any less, but the we picked up a box of Brick House. The Mighty Mighty Connecticut, and yeah. that is such a good morning cigar. It is, and it's a J.C. Newman cigar, so you know it comes with pedigree and quality behind it. Well, and it's about four bucks a stick cheaper than the, the shade. Yeah, and it was rated 94 or 92 in Aficionado a few years ago. I mean, Great. it's a highly rated cigar. Yeah, but big change in my life, a change in the morning cigar. Yeah. Rate. And all, but let's talk about the cigar we're going to smoke tonight instead of the one we're going to smoke tomorrow morning. Yeah, we've got a. I mean, we've got quite a bit of quite a bit of show for you guys tonight. Uh, lots of news, lots of new releases. Um, starting with a cigar that I'm actually really excited about. You talked about this on the show a couple of weeks ago, I think it was. It's Asylum Schizo. It's the, their new medium filler cigar, very budget friendly. You left the price tag on this one that you gave to me at three. 39. Right. So that's that's very much in the uh, that's the bottom of the budget barrel. Yeah, that that's a really a budget stick. I did leave the price tag on just cuz I did want I did need, you know, provenance. And I left the cellophane on it like a novice. Like a, like, like an I've amateur. never done this before. Um, but it's a joint venture between Tom Lazuka and Christian Aroa, and I am a really big fan of Christian Aroa's blends. So I have pretty high hopes for this. Uh, you know, regardless of price. Well, I've, I have been really impressed with it. Now, the, you're smoking the Maduro version tonight. Um, actually, a guy here at the shop brought me one of those and gave it to me, and I was surprised how well I like it. So I'll be interested to see what's your take on it. I've always found it... I found it, like most medium filler cigars, it kind of takes a little longer to get started. Okay, that makes sense. You know, for the flavor to come in, it kind of, it seems like it has to reach a little higher temp for the flavor to really kick in on the medium filler stuff. Which is, which is unusual because it's, it's all Nicaraguan tobacco, which tends to give you flavor right off the bat. I I think it's the, I think it doesn't conduct the heat as well because it's not solid pieces. So it takes it a little while longer. You know, a cheaper car takes longer to fire up than a, than a brand new car. So I'm interested to see what your take on it is. It could, this could go either way. Did you smoke one of these on the show, or were we just talking about it after no, the show? No, I smoked it on okay. the show. I couldn't remember. Yeah, I smoked If I had one. my show prep pulled up, I would know that. I actually I smoked one on the show. Right, it's actually the one that Rob gave me that one of the guys here at the okay. shop had brought for me. And now that's the good thing about doing a podcast in the shop every night or every Wednesday is people start thinking you're a cigar expert, even if you're, you're not. You're just moderately higher knowledge than the average cat. 
It's true. So, but you do get a few. Or I get my. Do I get more free cigars out of this show than you do? Um, I think you do I, abroad. I, I think I do, do person to person. You do because people like you more than they like me. Well, when, how can they not? I, <laughs> no, when you know we've talked about this on the show before. <laughs> when I come into the cigar shop, oftentimes it's because I'm here to unplug and unwind. Right. And I'm not a people person. I'm an introvert. So the way I recharge my batteries is by being alone. And especially when it turns cold like this where I can't sit outside my own house, I come here, but I put my headphones on, I watch a video, I read something, whereas you come in and you're a life of the party guy. We've talked about that before. So you tend to cultivate cultivate more relationships in the shop than I do, and therefore you get more cigars. I tend to get more from the reps because I'm a better interviewer, though. Oh, okay. Well, we'll we'll put that up for debate (laughs) and all. But anyway, so I'm interested once you get that cigar smoked, start smoking it to see, because this is one of those rare situations. You could smoke that and it could be a six, or you could smoke that and it could be a three, and neither would surprise me. Anywhere in there. Well, it's funny, too, because I've been smoking, and I'll let you get to your cigar in just a second, but I've been on a budget cigar kick lately. I've talked about on the show before. I slashed my cigar budget in half a couple of months ago. And the way I've been able to do that is that a lot of the online retailers offer bundles of 20 for about 50 bucks. So you get 20 cigars for $2.50 a stick. I'm not going to come in here and smoke it, but when I'm driving around in my car during the workday, Famous Smoke does a Nicaraguan blend. They do a bunch of different blends, but I've found some that I really like. They always deliver, always draw well, and flavor is pretty good. And so I've been on this kick of, you know, and I've I've ventured out a little bit here and there, um, got a super sweet deal on some La Polina Black Labels at that price, which is amazing. Um, but I recently got uh, an advert from Thompson Cigar, and they had a little bundle of, you know, $2.56 a stick. Worst cigars. I've every single one of them has blown up on me. Right. I get halfway through the cigar and the wrapper has just exploded. You know, you've got. I've been really well, lucky to this point that I've. I'm now on my sixth month of buying two of these bundles a month. This is the first time I've had a dud. Thompson is notorious for selling seconds. You know, Thompson cigar is probably the. You know, without risking a lawsuit, which if they want to sue me over a podcast, you know, that three people, including me and you, listen to, then by all means, go for it. Right. (laughs) But um, they're notorious for selling seconds. So that doesn't surprise me that your bad experience came from Thompson. Yeah. And uh, because I bought some of um, Corona cigars, some of their house blends, and have been really pleased with them. I mean, really high-quality cigars. Are they around that price point? Yeah. Yeah, they're right in there. They're not bad at all. I'll have to give them a shot. Okay, so what I'm smoking tonight, since we spent half the show, are we just, is this what we're doing now? We're going to use half the show to introduce your cigar and the other half to introduce mine? Hey, I mean, (laughs) if it works, it works. So I'm smoking another one that came out of my Tampa bag. This is an Aging Room bin number two. Aging Room came into the industry with a lot of bluster, but seems to have kind of died down. Especially, they came in with a lot of bluster, but didn't really back it up with anything good. There were one or two cigars in their entire line that actually was worth smoking to me. Well, I've never smoked an Aging Room on the air here, so I decided I would go ahead, since, like I said, it was in my Tampa bag. So this is the bin number two. It's a Nicaraguan Puro. 
Um, it's a special release. was all hand-selected and blended by Rafael Nodal, Placencia. Was like the tennis player? <laughs> no, Placencia <laughs> thing. And it originates from the volcanic soils on the Nicaraguan island of Ometepe. Now, that, that sounds a lot more... <laughs> That sounds a lot better than a sub eight cigar should be constructed out of. So I'm interested to see. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't really have expectations for this cigar because, like I said, it's not like I've got a wide variety of aging rooms to, to pull from in my library. But we're gonna find out. We're both about, we're both smoking sub eight tonight, and some of us are smoking sub five. Right, exactly. <laughs> and also. Do you want to talk about the? Should we cover the anti-smoking bill let's, news let, right off the bat? I was, I was going to ask you the same thing. Let's get it out of the way up front. Since, since we're talking about the price of cigars, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about it. You start talking about it while I light my cigar. So I'm sure everyone has seen this by now, um, but the anti-smoking bill that we talked about on the show last week that came out of the House subcommittee um, was able to get that premium cigar exemption that we've all been talking about for so long. Only one problem. Their definition of a premium cigar is one that's over $12. Now, according to this article on Cigar Aficionado, and I actually, this is probably what I would have guessed, less than 25% of premium cigars are sold for more than $10. So they are attacking, they are only exempting the top 20 to 25 percent of cigars sold. That's all that. Uh, now, Charlie Menudo of Half Wheel wrote an article on this last week as well and seemed to be very optimistic about the fact that this language would change before it got finished being beaten to death in, you know, on the floor of the House and the Senate and stuff like that. I'm not quite as optimistic. Well, so this has got to go one of two ways. Either they've got a change, and here's the thing, they had a perfectly good, we've covered it four or five times on there, a perfectly serviceable definition of a premium cigar. Yeah, Entirely based on rolled weight. by hand, weight, you know, they had a perfectly Long serviceable. Filler. Yeah. Yet, they pull this $12 out of their rear and, and decide to, that that's it. Especially if, yeah, if, I'm sure... Everyone in Congress who smokes cigars probably does smoke more than $12 cigars. So for them, that is the benchmark. Well, and here's the problem. They mention it in the article. Different state tax rates. So, okay, are all cigars now that are exempt going to start at $12 and then have to add the eight, between 10 and 85% tax that each state does? Yeah. Well, but here's what I also wonder. As a... You know, we talked several months ago about a lawsuit against Drew Estate and Swisher that uh, for false advertising about the fact that they were selling selling four packs, buy three, get one free, but you right. couldn't actually buy the... Th- but theoretically, couldn't you mark every cigar as retail price $12.01, but you just always happen to be running a sale of I mean it would have to be done at the manufacturer level but you know actual retail price 12 bucks well it so but then price it so that the retailers can sell it for eight and still be exempt I'm working very hard to keep one foot on the ground and not climb up on my soapbox because this is a good thing 
They have ignored the most important part of this article. They have acknowledged premium cigars as being is a, different. Right, is something different that they're not vaping, that they're not cigarettes, that they are premium cigars. But I really do have to, you know, put my foot on the brakes. There are so many people calling this a win. And yes, there is a silver lining to this, which is that they're acknowledging that premium cigars are different. But we all need to slow the roll that this is a huge win for the cigar industry. It's not. It's right. a step in the right direction, and it's, it's a small, but it's a win by default. It's the worst kind of way to win. Well, it's the equivalent in poker of having a split pot. Yeah. You know, of you turn the cards over and you're both holding ace jack and you have to just whack up the money. You didn't lose, but you didn't really win. Exactly. I, this is this is not a time to start patting ourselves on the back and say, hey, we got them to listen. No. If anything, we need to pound the drum harder because they're going to say, well, we gave you this, so we're done. No, it, it's not over yet. But I will say it, it is a step in the right direction. I won't complain. So what's your first few puffs of the, of the schizo been like? It's... Uh, Calling in puffs, I would say, is a little tight. It's drawing pretty tight. Is it tight? It's real tight. See, I haven't had that problem with that one. Yeah, it, and it, the worst part is it's right under the label, too. I can, oh. I can feel it. Well, you, I got my pick out in the truck, and during the break, I may have to run out of the truck you and may get have my pick to. so I mean, that you can it's bore It's not it. completely plugged up, but it's definitely not drawing, especially knowing that you prefer a lighter draw than I do to begin with. It's definitely not up to your standards, and it's... It, it's really just a borderline for me. Interesting. Well, I, during the break, I'll have to run out of the truck and get my pick and see if you can do that. And all we, what we need is we need a station with like one sixty-fourth inch drill bits on a foot pedal sitting at the cigar shop so you could just punch it with your foot and run your cigar down on it. So <laughs> it's, it's funny you mention that because I had a, uh, a, a bundle of cigars um, actually, it was those La Polina Black Labels that were rolled really tight. No, it was the Jaime Garcia from my father were rolled so tight. That's exactly what I did. I started using a drill bit at the house to and open just, them up. Yeah. Did you did you go power drill with it or did you? No, I just did it with my hand. Oh, okay. Well, you could go power drill, you know, and just yeah. Give but it the, the margin for error there is is pretty high, especially for someone who did put a drill bit through my finger a couple of months ago. I'm a little gun shy, as it were. You know. Knock on wood, in all the carpentry I've ever done, I have neither shot myself with a nail gun nor hit myself with a drill or cut my finger off of a skill saw like my father and my uncle both did. I've known plenty of people in the construction industry who have never never, had, never done it. Knock on wood. But, okay, let's talk about a new cigar. All right, let's do it. All right, Which you're, you're going to have to sell me on this one. Crown Heads Ships La Coalition. Okay, so I actually... I haven't posted it yet, but I took a picture of it. Uh, I had one of these today. I'm pretty sure I was the first person on the retail side of the counter to have one of these cigars. They just shipped today, uh, but Smokers Abbey up in East Nashville are really good friends and so with, with the guys, and so they actually ran over and picked them up. Did you have to pay for it? Of course I did. <laughs> That's. <laughs> but at least I knew ahead of time what I was getting into. Um, Trey is forever getting suckered into buying cigars he normally wouldn't buy. <laughs> well, so so here here's how the sausage is made, all right? <laughs> we are very good friends with the proprietor here. And so I, I certainly never expect anything out of being really good friends with the owner of a cigar shop. But when you pose the question, hey, I've got a couple of these left. Do you want to try one? 
the phrasing is everything in terms of, hey, make sure if you want to get one of these, get it before they sell out versus, hey, you want one of these? I'm always going to say yes. Make it clear. (laughs) Make it clear that it's going on your tab. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Again. Okay, back to the lock coalition. I have no no expectations, (laughs) but it's all in the phrasing. Um, Okay, so (laughs) the Willie Herrera and Crowned Heads teamed up for the coalition, and I've got to say, we were talking before the show that Crowned Heads has not really done a good job this year uh, on their new releases in hitting yours or my palate. Yeah, everything they've released has been a dog for me, starting from the Buckeye Land forward. It's kind you of liked been a, the Buckeye Land. I and liked that was it. last year. I liked it, but I said it was too much San Andreas. You said it was a lot. You never said it was too much. But you were also on a San Andreas kick at the time, so if yeah. you've gone back to it, I could see that. Anyway, I say that to say, this thing's good. This thing is really good, and it was worth the 14 bucks I paid for it, which I don't say very often. Um, well, you see, that's kind of my other thing is it's, it's, it's on the high side. It is, it is, and it's also, but we've talked about this before. When you start collaborating, there's a lot of people that have to get paid. And it drives the price of the cigar up, especially when you've got a name like Willie Herrera t- attached to it. I will say also, one of the things I was a little disappointed in, and I don't... Do you have the blend in front of you? Yeah, Sumatran binder and filler from the Dominican and Nicaragua with a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper. One of those must be really expensive. Because I have never seen a cigar which varies price-wise between sizes more than this one. I mean, you've got the Corona Gorda at ten ninety-five retail... Going up to the six and a half by fifty-four Sublime at fifteen dollars retail, so you've got four dollars between, and the size the sizes are all fairly similar: five by forty-six, five and a half by fifty, six by fifty-two, and six and a half by fifty-four. I mean, those are those are small increments. To have four dollars difference between your smallest and your biggest size is a lot. That's a that's a pretty big jump, and to not have a six by sixty. Well, I but don't know. Willie, but Willie's Willie's not a six by sixty guy. Willie isn't a smaller ring gauge smoker. That's just Willie's nature. And I will say, I had the Sea Glow, which is the six by fifty two, and I man, I just loved it. I thought it was so good, and I think you will too. Well, word is they're arriving here tomorrow, so I'll, I may get one Friday, just depending on what the weather's I, like. I need to get you a sanctuary from Smokers Abbey. Actually, when we go up there and record. Um, I'll have to make sure you smoke that because that's a Crown Heads release from this year that I think you'll like. Well, too. you got me one. And I smoked it on the show. Oh, I couldn't remember if I ever did or not. Yeah, yeah you got me one. To smoke, and I, and I will say that is the exception. I did enjoy that cigar. Of course, I don't consider that when you release it to one shop. I don't consider that a, a, a big release. <laughs> well, the Buckeye Land is released to one state. No, I mean, let's face it; those days are over. It, the days it, of only getting a waltz in Tennessee and a rose in Texas and a Buckeye land in Ohio or wherever they're from. It's true. They announced Lawless Day a couple of weeks ago, and I was just like, what's the point? I can get all of them anytime I right. want anyway. Yeah, the, those those days are over. The only one you got to go somewhere to get is the Hawaiian one. Although I do wonder if that's because we live in a state with them. I wonder if people in Nebraska or you know, Washington State. It was the same in Tampa. It was the same in Alabama. They were all there. They were all there. So I'm, I think that I think the statewide release is now officially just a gimmick. There's no there's no stuff behind it. That's fair and all. But anyway, moving forward, let's talk about a. You want to talk about Alec Bradley or General Cigar? 
Uh, let's jump on to the Alec Bradley one first, the fine and rare. So we had a debate before the show on whether or not to do this article. And the reason for that is that neither one of us are particularly big Alec Bradley fans. I have been, you know, I, I love the Max. It'll still always be one of my favorite cigars. Um, the Black Market Estelle is okay. Most of their stuff falls in the realm of good, not great for me. Right. You know, the vast majority of Alec Bradley is smokable, but not, and I'm the, not going to hunt it down. And the problem with falling, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with an entire line of cigars that falls into that good, not great, as long as you're priced appropriately. Right. Alec Bradley tends not to be. Well, and that's that's what the ultimate decision to do this article came from you and I saying, okay, we don't want somebody else spending $20 on a cigar that's not worth it that listens to the cigar cast. Which is, which is a bit of a statement considering we haven't smoked it. But well, if, if you find yourself having a similar palate to the cigars that we smoke, then, you're, then I would have to bet. I, I will not be touching this. Uh, it just... You know, the Prinsado at $15 is already overpriced. I can't... And it's a good cigar. It's not a great cigar. I can't imagine this being that much better. So the new Fine and Rare Hall of Fame 506 has shipped. Uh, Six and a quarter by 54 ring gauge Nicaraguan and Honduran tobaccos. MSRP 2190. So good luck finding it for less than 23. Yeah. So by the time time everybody gets their... They're knockout in it. Um, and like I said, I just can't, I, c- I can't justify a PO on this. I could not issue a PO to, to myself on a $21 Alec Bradley. No, I couldn't either. It just, it, you know, I appreciate what they're trying to do. Um, you know, one of the things that makes the fine and rare so special is the fact that they use 10 different tobaccos in each. So even year to year when the blend changes, there's always a mix of 10 different tobaccos. Maybe that's part of the problem. I don't know. But, you know, so I appreciate what they're trying to do, you know, from a limited release standpoint and doing something innovative and different. But I just, I I have a hard time pulling the trigger on $22 for an Alec Bradley. So a cigar that I will look forward to and think will be good is the General Cigar and Viaje, or not Viaje. Espinosa. Espinosa collaboration called The War Zone. Now, when they called it the War Zone, I said, okay, if you're going to call a cigar War Zone, one, you better have a story. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a story and you just call it the War Zone, it's, you know, um, in wrestling, I, I yelled about it because it seemed like for a year everybody's shirt had to have a skull or angel wing, or, and it really had no significance whatsoever right. at all. So when you step out and you call your cigar the War Zone, I want there to be a story, which they did. The box depicts a battle from the Ten Years' War, which was part of Cuba's fight for independence against Spain. So I'm cool with it. The name gets my approval. Now let's talk about the cigar. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, some of the tobacco came from Espinosa and some of it came from General. Um, In fact, Eric Espinosa talks about... He he's have he's been wanting to do this blend for a while, but couldn't find a Cameroon that he liked. So he was able to reach into General's catalog and finally satisfy that part of his flavor profile. Well, and I mean the pricing's right. You know, we're talking about five and a half by fifty-two at eight forty-nine, all the way up to six by fifty-two at eight ninety-nine. 
It yeah. sounds like there's a lot of cigars in between there, but it only comes in two sizes. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there's only 3,000 boxes have been made, so I, do, I doubt we'll see them here. I, I bet you're right. This is not a huge general store. So I doubt we're going to see them here, but I, I'm, I'll pick one up. I'll definitely pick one up and give it a shot. And all the lot, there's been a lot of good cigars come out. I like Honduran tobacco. I've kind of had a Honduran thing going on in my life lately. See, I find their stuff a little too, um, what's the, raw. It's just a, a little bit uncultured for me. I, I'm trying to think of a way without sounding pompous to say that, but they're just a little... Uh, they're a little harsh. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about your high horse after the break. All right. Well, speaking of which, <laughs> let's step away for a second, and we'll be back with my high horse and more after this. Shane here with this week's Cigar Under 8. At the insistence of our producer, she stated that we needed to do a Cigar Under 8 this week, even though we did run a little long. I'm going to just feature the cigar I'm smoking. It's an Aging Room bin number two. These are under eight, and I've been surprised. This is a solid five and a half. Yeah, and you were expecting, you know, sort of good, not great. I was expecting it to be like the other Aging Rooms I'd had to have been a four and a half to a five. This has by far been the best of the Aging Rooms that I've had. So it's Aging Room bin number two. They come in a variety of shapes. Um, you know, five of them, 6150, that's actually a little over eight a cigar. But you get in the box, you get a little better deal. Yeah. Um, good cigar, great flavor, not going to knock your socks off, not going to break your arm trying to get another one, but a very good cigar. Try the Aging Room bin number two. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane. Sitting across from Trey Dedman. Men lock up your wives, women lock up your cigars. It's Trey Dedman. <laughs> and I'll, the reason I say that is because I had last week, my wife and I were sitting on the front porch or on the back porch smoking our cigar, listening to the cigar cast. And when the part come about where I said, Don't worry, I'll get a desert rose for you, she immediately got up, ran inside, and hid her remaining two desert rows. <laughs> And then I said, I'll just reach in your underwear drawer and get them. So she ran back in and hit them again somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> that you've yet to find? But, well, I haven't looked that hard yet. Oh, okay. I, I imagine it's in her jewelry box, but she's at home right She'll so be at home this you, weekend. When you guys are listening to this and she runs inside at that point in the show, you'll yeah. know that you got it right. I'll, I'll, know, I'll know that I hit it right. She, she's, she's graded a lot of things. Espionage is not her strength. <laughs> but anyway, coming back to the cigars. Um, so I gotta say I'm pleasantly surprised with the aging room bin number two. Um, good flavor, good body, construction's been excellent. It's not knocking my socks off, but it is by no means disappointing me. So had you paid for it, would you feel the same way? Yeah, I'd probably be okay, okay. with it. I mean I'd be okay up to up to ten dollars. Okay. I don't know what the retail on that yeah, is. Yeah, MSRP's under eight. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're all back ordered right now on Cigars International. But uh, MSRP on the six by sixty pack of five, sixty four fifty. So seven dollars a cigar. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, not a bad, not a bad deal. So anyway, but so we performed surgery during the break, and it didn't really do much. It, you, did you try running it through the lid end? 
The lid. Oh, I did not try that. See, sometimes. But, but then you're pushing ash and stuff into the body of the cigar. You get. Well, use a little wrist. This, we were talking about this on the break, is it's technique. Use a little wrist. Well, the problem is I can feel where the plug is, and uh-huh. it's it's down here right under the label. So there's really not a whole lot. There's not a lot of room for it to go, well, regardless of direction. So if you take structural integrity out, how's the flavor been? It's been good. It's been somewhat unremarkable. It, I mean, it's been good. But, you know, we've talked about this on the show so many times. Flavor or, or, or construction on a good-flavored cigar will ruin that cigar. And so because I'm having such a hard time drawing through it, I'm really not getting a lot of flavor because I'm so right. focused on the other. You know, it's, I would try another one, you know, but it's not knocking my socks off. But I don't think that's the – I think it's the construction's fault, well, not the flavor's fault. At a whopping $3.49 each, you're going to have to buy your own the next one. Right. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't want to put you in the poorhouse. Yeah, yeah, you know, some, we, some of us have trouble. <laughs> but anyway, okay. So today, so my standard technique, we're going to do a little how the sausage is made. My standard technique for finding content for the show is a Google search called, that I put in. I put cigar news. And then I go through and I sort through the articles because I don't just want to pull stuff from aficionado and half wheel. I really want to pull stuff from out there. I kept getting Seahawks, close but no cigar. Cowboys, close but no cigar. You know, the Brentwood Ivy League soccer team, close but no cigar. And I thought to myself, I wonder what that, where that comes from, did, you know. Did you not know? I suspected. Okay. I suspected, but I had never had it verified. But, great magnet happening here. From the RushvilleRepublican.com. Phrases come and go over time. And the first one they explain, well, second one they explain is close but no cigar. It's from carnivals and fairs in the 1800s. Cigars were awarded as prizes for winning a carnival game. So that was where close. But I, I thought it was something to do with horseshoes. I'll be honest. I really did think it was some kind of a horseshoe thing. Yeah, if your horseshoes are smoking cigars, though. The- well, I, I, I assumed, you know, we, we had the cigar history about the Conestoga drivers. Right. Well, if anybody is going to be into horseshoes, it's Conestoga drivers. Sure. Because they, they've got to have a surplus of horseshoes laying around in the back of their car. <laughs> so if if, they're, if anybody's into horseshoes, it's Conestoga. So I assume that, that it was related that right, way. That they, yeah. you know, they all wagered a stogie on the horseshoe game and then went out there and they drove up two poles and threw their horseshoes. And it's much well, easier than throwing their horses. Well, especially with the... The Conestoga cigars, the Stogies themselves, were renowned for being a certain length that the guys could make one cigar last the entire thing. I could also see from your, if you, you know, you measure ringers and then you've got, you know, a certain distance to the post, you measure right. it with a cigar. I can see that. I can, so, so I have sound logic have on sound my logic. side for this one. You know, you're I've, wrong, but you're sound logic. Well, that's okay. Some, sometimes sometimes it's, it's about the journey, not the destination. <laughs> that's right. Sometimes you can be wrong and still be okay. And uh, now, have you ever heard... Well, the executive producer is sitting here. She's just going to nod yes or no. Do you know the origin of Dress to the Nines? She gives us a funny look. She giggles. She's trying so hard, doesn't want to say no. But she doesn't. She's so this is so this is interesting because you and I were talking before the show, going through this list, and there was only one that I wasn't aware of to begin with. But there's one on here. So I love this kind of stuff. I love phrases and etymology and and kind of how we get phrases and words and things like that. Ain't that about bugs? Ain't etymology? That's entomology. Oh, okay. Carry on. 
there's actually a phrase on here, or that isn't on here, um, the whole nine yards. It's different from, so to go back, dress to the nines involves, you know, being able to afford the full nine yards of fabric that's required to make a suit, vest, pants, you know, the whole, the whole nine yards. Do you know where whole nine yards come from? I gotta assume it's a football thing. It's not. It's, uh, it's the length of a belt of ammunition for a machine gun. Oh, so you gave so him the whole nine yards. you gave him the whole nine yards. Uh-huh. Very interesting. Um, what about um, the other one I didn't know, at the drop of a hat? Does she know at the drop of a hat? No. Producer, to, we're going to have to have a new producer, somebody that knows more of these obscure sayings. And <laughs> this is it's true. This is usually her real house. Instead of the start of a race being signaled by a starter's pistol, it was custom to start the race by dropping a hat. Now, I could see how this could be prob- problematic because some hats would fall quicker than others. True. It eliminates cheating to a certain extent, though. Or no, I guess it facilitates cheating. I guess it facilitates cheating because is it when he lets go of the hat or when the hat hits the ground? It's when it hits the ground. But, well, if, you, but if you know that... So I used to do a fair bit of car racing in my you know, more rebellious youth. And oftentimes you get to choose the person who... Least start. likely Fast and Furious cast member ever. Carry on. How <laughs> dare <laughs> you... <laughs> I was, um, so, uh, you know, someone has to be the starter. And so you could, you could oftentimes kind of influence the race by who you choose to be the starter. So if you know a bowler hat, you know, falls slower than a flat cap or whatever, you could, I could see how you could use this to your advantage. But what we used to do is have a buddy of mine would stand out. And with his right hand in front of the other driver, he would one, two, three with his hand kind of motioning. And then he would do one, two with the other hand and then drop both at the same time. So instead of, so the guy's expecting one, two, three, one, two, three, go. Said it's one, two, three, one, two, go. And because, and because we had worked out ahead of time, I had the jump. Well. Did that a bunch. Has, hasn't every Hollywood movie had a, a hot chick there with some sort of a sash? I mean. Have you yeah, ever? You were in the most boring racing league ever. Have you ever tried to get a very attractive woman to go stand around with a bunch of dudes ogling over their cars at two o'clock in the morning? It, it, life is not the movie, Shane. That's <laughs> just <clears throat> Every, everything I know about physics I learned from Bugs Bunny. Don't mess with me. <laughs> All right, we're going. We're going to try one more of these. We're going to give. The, we're going to give the the do, producer one more chance. Do the one that you didn't know. The one that I didn't know. Um, oh, yeah. Pull out all the stops. Now, this you should know. Being abused by so many of Trey's horrible instrumentalists, this one you should know, pull out all the stops, because I'm sure you've yelled at him to put all the stops back in at some point. Accordions don't have stops, thank you very much. No, accor- accordions don't have stops. They... <laughs> Other than the pleas from the audience. Right, other than everybody yelling stop once you pull out the thing. So I, the reason I know this one is because when I, growing up, my great-grandmother had an organ in the house. So we had the little um, piano in the living room, and then one of the back bedrooms had one of those foot-powered organs. Pump organ? Yeah. 
And sure enough, it had probably 16 different stops. And so that's the different pipes and the different tones. And so when you pull out all the stops, you get the maximum pressure in all the pipes and you get this loud booming. So that's where it comes from. Okay, we've established the ones Noel and I didn't know. Which ones don't you know? So uh, in the nick of time um, was one that I had never heard of before. Um, And apparently it was businessmen would keep track of debts on a tally stick. So if you, you know, if you paid back your debt ahead of time, you would get it in, you would get a day without interest. It was in the nick of time. That one seems a little convoluted to me. So it kind of understand why. Yeah, that seems, it seems a little iffy. I've got one more for you that's not on our list. That can't cuss a cat without getting hair in your mouth? No. Okay. Um, to go balls out. To go balls out. I don't know that one. So back in the early Industrial Revolution, you would have one giant steam engine that powered all of the machines for the entire factory, and it was all belt-driven. You've probably seen the pictures. Steam engines had a governor on them, and basically what it was, was this spinning device that had two counterweights that were brass balls. And as it spun faster and faster, centrifugal force would force them out. And they right. were on a cantilever. And as when the balls g- got to their maximum extension, it would, it would create a break on, on the spinning, on the drive shaft. And it would keep it from going so bad that the boiler exploded. So if you were running at maximum power... <laughs> so if the boiler exploded, you'd have two giant brass balls <laughs> flying around to kill as many people as, as possible? Well, as, as, well as, as well as a bunch of other shrapnel. <laughs> but to go balls out meant that you were running at maximum power. Okay, so you're telling me that the car in Back to the Future was fueled by steam? Because that's the... You know, I always wondered. They had the little two balls on a hinge on top of the DeLorean thing when he was trying to boot the car up to go Back to the Future. Did they? Yes, and it would spin around and the balls would fly up. It was in docks, the docks lab. It You're being the fact-checked. De- it wasn't on the DeLorean. You'll have to watch the scene where they're trying to send him back. And, uh, and on I the always, first one? No, yeah. it was on the train. In, in, it, oh, you probably right. saw it on the train in at the end of Back to Future 3. Right, and I wondered what, what possible purpose could that serve? It's a governor. Okay. Anyway. All right. Well, why don't we talk about something to do with cigars? <laughs> on this show? <laughs> And uh, let's talk about this Benchmade 381 Fume Cigar Knife. So um, this is from Half Wheel. And it's an interesting little, it kind of looks like a, a chop block style knife. I'm not sure I'm on board for this. You know, as far as design goes, it's not brilliant. It's not particularly attractive. Although Benchmade is not known for making beautiful stuff. They're making... They're known for making really good, high-quality things. Right. They're known for the quality of their steel and the soundness of their mechanics. Right. And I and it looks like they've hit that part on this one. Uh, it's a beautiful... Is that olive wood? Oh, no. This is worse. This is Rick Light, a material made oh. from layering recycled paper, then applying resin. Okay. Well, uh, it looks good. Eh, if you, if you, if you, you don't know what it is. If you're into Rick Light... Yeah. And all, but the, of all knife handles, these are my least favorite. These that look like there's no way in nature 
you know, other than a poor elm tree that was abused by an accordion factory for six years could make this grain of wood. You don't make accordions out of elm wood. Thank you very much. No, I'm just saying the tree outside the accordion. Because every now and then somebody's got to squeeze one of those things and it tortures the poor tree. Uh, but so the so this accordion is fo- abuse on tonight's show. This is a follow-up to um, their... They, this is not their first... Uh, cigar cutter knife. No, their first one was the 1500-191 cigar cutter, available on Benchmade.com for a meager $450. Well, see, that's been my complaint with these cigar cutter pocket knives that have been out for the last six or eight years, is the fact that they're all so daggum expensive, and I just really don't get it. Yeah, how can it cost that much more? Yeah. If anything, you would think it would cost less, because this is one blade in lieu of two. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, if you could, but I'm saying even compared to the price of a pocket knife of the same size. I mean, you can get a pocket knife in that size. For, well, I mean, even if you take Benchmade's quality into it, you're still looking at 50 bucks for that if it were a pocket knife. But instead, you're paying $180 for it as, the, as a cigar cutter. Yeah, I'm, I'm not getting it. I don't know exactly why it's that much. Now, I did buy the Victor Knox cigar cutter on the Swiss Army knife, and I really like it. Mm. And all. I've got actually got it home in my knife collection rather than out using because I like it that well. And, all. and I think it's a cool knife to have in the collection. But this new Benchmade, um, the pricing's a little better, $160. But it it's kind of reflected in the, the making, the fit and finish of this particular knife. Yeah, I just don't find it particularly attractive. I'm, I'm sure it's useful. And I'm, the only other thing that I say is, you know, some t- let you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And this particular one comes with a slot so you can attach it to a keychain, which is drilled into a screwdriver tip. So that you've always got a little flat blade with you. Do we really need that? Yeah, is it, is it really that big a deal anymore? Right. And uh, is anybody that, that could want to pull a screwdriver out of their pocket not got one at this point? I will say, having just said that, it's probably very useful for turning the... Um, flame on your lighter up and down could be it looks a little broad but it, it does could look a little broad for that. for that yeah it does seem a little broad but anyway okay last article i want to talk about minneapolis minneapolis man research resurrects man i can't speak why don't you read this one so a minneapolis man resurrects a storied folk instrument the cigar box guitar so i'm gonna i'm gonna do this with a lot more flourish than you because I actually appreciate the cigar box guitar. You're not really sold on the premise. I'm sold on the premise. I'm not sold on the way this article, this is from the Star Tribune, Mm -hmm. and they pitch it like, okay, poor folks couldn't afford to make, you know, couldn't afford to buy guitars, so they turned their boxes into guitars, and they couldn't afford string basses, so they put broomsticks in wash tubs and make string bases and they couldn't afford accordions so they killed six cats and squeezed them all at the same time and they try to make all of these things sound like this and could we not just say hey that's a great cigar box i bet i could make a cool guitar out of it can it not be that does it have to be a function of the impoverished people but but if you can't just change history because you don't like it i don't buy that that's history i don't buy that anybody said i've got music in my soul and all I own is a cigar box. Well, it started actually. There's a there's an instrument called the diddly bow, which is 
usually kind of associated with the Appalachian backwoods. So this is where you get the, you know, the washboard and the spoons and the washtub base and things like that. And basically you would just take wire strung across anything with some type of resonator and create music out of it. And that's basically what the cigar box guitar is. And so that's absolutely, it came out of, yeah, I mean, if you're working for a coal mine up in West Virginia somewhere and you're enslaved to the company store, you don't have two nickels to rub together because they pay you in company store script. If, if you've got music in your soul, you've got to find a way to get it out. Hey, if you've got money for cigars, you've got money for guitars. Maybe, maybe smoke a few less cigars and buy a guitar. I, I'm not going to get... There's, there's an answer to that, but we are getting way off topic. Um, but it does say this... I mean, I, like I said, I like the idea of a cigar box guitar. I like the fact that we're you know, giving a c- cigar box new life. That would make a good cigar. Uh, that would make, make a, good a good guitar. guitar. Yeah. Right now it's a maraca. It's full <laughs> of golf balls. Oh, gotcha. Um, I'm trying to get this. Uh, yeah. So the, uh, oh, this talks about if you've ever, um, if you've ever seen the documentary from Jack White called "It Might Get Loud," it's much like your maraca over there. Um, Jack White of White Stripes fame actually makes a diddly bow at the beginning of the film and basically just takes a piece of scrap lumber, some wire, and a Coke bottle and and makes this really weird-sounding instrument. But that's that's the origin of this. And I, I love to see that. Like, you go to, like, flea markets and vintage shops and, and things like that, all the, and you see these all the time. Okay. I, I just... I've, I still don't buy the premise that it was a function of poverty. I think it was a function of... I like cigars, I like cigar boxes, I like guitars. Why don't I bring them all together? And, I'll, and, if I, and, if I can, and I really think what happened is somebody said, I'm out of cigar money, I've got a bunch of empty boxes. Maybe I can pawn off a few guitars made out of these and buy more cigars. <laughs> yeah, 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 street performer. <laughs> and I'll, you know, you got a cigar box laying in front of you, your guitar breaks, you get, you, you know, you've already made the hike downtown to the city, so you've got to have something, so you stretch a few strings across cigar box. But, okay, I've abused this poor article. So, te- so, so now the part of the show that I did want to abuse you with, but you told me you have an answer. Tell me about your weekend cigars. Well... So I was on a conference call with my boss the other day, and we, we meet here every Wednesday and, and have a meeting. And uh, he mentioned... As opposed on, to playing chess. Right. Well, it's a, it's a sales meeting. It's, it's, an act, it's actually work. And Do you wrap the cigars off that you smoke during well, so, then? So here, here we go. So we, <laughs> we were on this conference call with a c- couple of other participants, and they, they, and they mentioned that we were meeting to do this. And he talked about the fact that this shop he considers an office and how when he's here, he's you know, either working or meeting people, that, and it, he writes it off. I said... Well, then why aren't you buying my cigars when we meet? Which would make sense. Yeah. Well, so today, when we met, he brought me a cigar. It was a factory smoke. <laughs> and I didn't have the heart to tell him what a dog turd it was. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. It was the Maduro version, because they've got the natural and the Maduro. Right. And it was in the bigger size, which I hadn't had yet. It actually wasn't as bad. So, you know, the Toro size in the Maduro is not as bad as I originally said. 
does it affect your self-esteem when everybody you know gives you three and four dollar cigars? Does it, it should, does it but damage? I'm stronger than that. <laughs> okay, you're you're more secure in your smokerhood than, the, than I to am. allow that. Well, to... I just got tricked into buying a thirteen dollar cigar, so I'm good either way. Right, right. <laughs> so, but yeah, you know, I made the big switch to the new morning cigar. And all, and as much a financial decision, but I also think it elevates the shade a little for me, because the shade now kind of becomes something I can smoke. I, you know, there's a lot of nights that I'd like to have a shade, but I'm like, ah, I'd rather have that tomorrow morning. Yeah. Now I can just have the shade. Yeah, there you go. So I really think that elevates it. So that was, that's been my big move this week in cigars, and all. But tell everybody how to get a hold of us. So you can reach us via email at info at the cigarcast.com. We are on Facebook.com slash The Cigarcast and Instagram and Twitter at The Cigarcast. Well, thanks everybody for listening to us. And until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us. Mm-hmm.